Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. I know our kids are in here today uh, with us, so I wanted to have uh, a cool time of, of, of including a lot of stories uh, in today, um, which we will do. And, but I also wanted to let you know, I'm so excited to be able to, to tell the the, way, the, the story of how God orchestrated and painted the picture of, uh, for Josh to come here. It really started uh, one afternoon uh, in, in Dave, uh, actually in Stennis's house as we were having an elders uh, retreat and, and Dave Zinnaker was praying and, and, and it's, just, it's just so cool to look at the, the handiwork of the Lord in, in getting Josh and Kayla here. Uh, and, and so we're just so excited. The baby's due on January 12th. It uh, looks like it was due in September. Uh, man, it's going to be a 17-pound baby turkey. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so the baby's due January 12th, and just with everything going on, they, they really felt like it was best to have the baby there uh, and, then, and then move out this way. But they're so excited uh, to be a part of us. So you'll get to know them. Uh, we'll incorporate them as much as we can before, and then, uh, and then y'all get to just flood them with love when they get here. Um, so today we're looking at the Christmas... It's Christmas Sunday. We're going to look at uh, a, a cool aspect of the Christmas story, this fullness of God with us, Emmanuel. It's my favorite name for God, personally. God with us. Just take that in for a moment, Cal. God with you. I mean, can you imagine that, Cal? Like, Jesus, like, right there beside you every moment. God of heaven, creator. Never had a beginning, never will have an end. With you. You. You, Larry. You. I love Emmanuel. I love that aspect. And, and I love that, that, that we got him in so many fashions at Christmas. We get this, this rescuer, this savior. The world is crying out for a savior all the time, right? God answered that call all those years ago and still answers it. Uh, it was funny the other day, speaking of crying out for a savior... Uh, I'm in the living room and I'm working on something and by the blood-curdling scream that came from behind me, I thought uh, one of my kids chopped the other kid's hand off or a foot off or a head fell off or something. It was just this blood-curdling scream that happened and I hear, I can't do it! They won't let me! And I'm like, I heard it was Finley, right? Uh, and, and I said, who won't do it? He goes, the crackers! They won't let me have them! And he, he has cheese in one hand and he's got the the Ritz cracker package in the other, and there's like three crackers at the bottom. And you know that packaging, if you don't do it right, you, you can't tear in to get down there. I mean, we probably all had that problem. And he was one step away from the crumble and then just hide that. And I said, do you need a little help? And he goes, no one can get in there and get my crackers. And I said, well, let me see it. And so I grabbed it from him. And, and he's crying out for a, a, somebody to help him. He's helpless in that, in that moment. Like we read about in, really in our, in our historical story of Jesus coming, we're, we're helpless and he couldn't get it done himself. My, my excited, passionate, loud, fun, full of life little boy, just he couldn't do it on his own. He needed someone more capable to help him get to the Ritz crackers. So I, I gnawed at him and ripped it open and got it for him. He's like, oh, there they are. <laughs> and he enjoyed his Ritz crackers with, with his cheese. He was frustrated and helpless, and he couldn't do it, and he needed someone to help him. Kind of sounds like humanity, 
We cannot do it on our own. And then, and then Jesus came. So our, our big idea today is we're going to look at uh, that the story of God with us and the fullness of God is, is that, that with all that God is, Savior and Rescuer is the most important to humanity because without being saved, we're toast. Without being rescued, we drown. We're lost. And so he came in so many fashions and so many forms and, and so many parts that he fulfills, but a savior, a savior and a rescuer, that Messiah is who we needed. He's near and he's personal and you matter most to him. And he came just in time. Anybody out there have a, a just in time, a just in the nick of time story you can recall, whether it's like finances came in or, or that person finally loved you or she said yes at just the right time or whatever it was, she went out with me or, you know, I got, a, you know, I got, I got picked up on the side of the road right before like a big rainstorm happened, whatever it is, we had these just in time stories that, that happened in our lives. I remember when I was at, uh, it's Texas State now, but it was SWT back then, Southwest Texas, and, and I'm going to, uh, to, I'm getting ready for finals, and, and I was a big, I was big at cramming, that was kind of my thing, and I, and I liked cramming, and, and I was good at it, and so I would cram, you know, for the, for the class, and I was taking this cult, cultural anthropology class, which I despised, but it was required, uh, and there's, you know, 150 of us in there, and 149 of us didn't like it, um, and so we're taking the class, and I remember my parents were gone for the week. Uh, they were gone somewhere for a couple days to San Antonio, and, and, and I'm there, and so I'm doing my usual cramming, and, and, and I'm fine. I'm like, I'll, I'll ace this thing. Uh, I get, you get two hours on a final for whatever reason, and I'm like, got this, and, and I remember it was late, and I'd, I'd, I always made a giant thing of really dark, bitter, unsweet tea, and I just would drink that, keep me going, and, and, and I was in the middle, probably halfway done with that pitcher, and, and I go to the bathroom, and I open the door, well, the door catches my big toe, and it pulls my toenail off to places it shouldn't be, right? And, and I go to the ground screaming. My animals are like, what's wrong with you? Uh, and through the course of the night, I'm trying to bandage this wound that I've never had before. I'd never had anything like that, no pain before. Even later, a year later when I blew my knee out, my toenail was worse. Uh, and so throughout the night, it's probably about 3 a.m., I finally get all the bleeding stopped, and I'm exhausted, and I've lost a lot of blood, and I'm, and I'm cleaning up because mom wouldn't like that and all the stuff. And I'm like, well, I need something to keep me awake so I can keep cramming. So I go to the store. I never had a jolt before. Anybody remember jolt? I never drank a jolt before, and I haven't drank one since. But I drank three that night, and it was horrible. <laughs> like, not only was it a bad product, but it was, like, mostly caffeine and a little bit of sugar and then some carbonation. And then that was it. And it was all in my empty belly. And so I ended up getting sick. So I'm sick. So then I, I wake up. Finally, after just I wake up and I'm like, I've got 35 minutes to get from Seguin to Southwest Texas to take my final. And so I'm flying down the highway, just asking God. You know, I don't, I don't really follow God, but I'm like, if you could just make sure there's no DPS on the highway, that's just great. And then I, you know, I'll go to church or something. I did. You know, so I get there, get in class, I sit down, start to take the final, and blank. Like I got nothing. And I'm looking around, people, and I'm like, I, I, I don't even know my name. I'm, I'm just, I'm lost. I'm staring into the abyss of a final grade of zero. Uh, hour and a half, I sit there and I'm like, oh my word, I'm going to just get, I'm going to get the biggest goose egg ever. And I'm looking around and basically everybody's gone except for like three of us. And this girl, she's basically crying. And there's this guy over here and he didn't even, he didn't even know if he belongs there. And there's me and I'm just, and finally with 20 minutes left in the nick of time, 
it just like all downloads. And I'm like, okay. And I go, and I end up, it was an easy class, really. But I end up acing the test and all this. But like just in the nick of time, it all downloaded and, and came to me. Praise God. You know, because it was like tick-tock, tick-tock. And then finally, just in the nick of time, just like we read about in Galatians 4, about God's perfect timing in our lives. Listen to this. Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7, talking about the arrival of Jesus and, and how all that transpired. But when the time arrived that was set by God the Father, God sent his son, Jesus, born among us of a woman, born under the conditions of law so that he might redeem those of us who've been kidnapped by the law. Thus we've been set free to experience our rightful heritage you can tell for sure that we're now fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives crying, Papa, Father, help me. Can't get the Ritz crackers. We cry out to him. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave but a child? And if you're a child, you're also an heir with complete access to the inheritance. You see, hope has a name. The king has arrived. Isaiah 9 verses 6 and 7 foretold when Jesus would come. 700 years before he was born, that passage tells us that Jesus is coming. Genesis 3:15, there was this promised redemption plan roughly 4,000 years before Jesus was born. And God said, "There will be one born like other humans, of a human who will rescue you and the enemy will bite him on the heel and then he'll stomp him on the head with that heel. And that's the Genesis 3.15 promise. We've been talking about that all year. We started off our year looking at Genesis. And the second or third week that, that, uh, of the year, we, we talked about the, the Genesis 3.15 promise and we've seen it woven throughout every aspect of the gospel. And we've talked about it all year long, this redemption plan for the ages. I mean, everybody loves good news, right? How many of you just love good news? What are some good news things that, that, that come to mind? Just yell them out. Birth of a child. That's a good one. What was over there? Something's getting better. I just heard better. But getting better, yes. What else? What is it? Refund. How about Delta? Where are you? How about when you see the palm trees and you head into the beach? Christmas bonus, right? I asked my kids and one was like, a new dog. I'm like, no, we did that three years ago. <laughs> How about if you're a kid, uh, what if you opened that gift and it was the new Xbox, right? It's good news, man. Spaghetti for dinner. Did you say Steelers in the playoffs? Yes. Oh, okay, Aggies in the playoffs. Hey, if you're a Mean Green fan, you're just happy to just show up and play. How about cancer-free report, Amen. right? How about she said, yes, mom. <laughs> I gave her the ring and she didn't walk away. How about school's out, kiddos? <laughs> Woo! Going to grandma's. Real food, right? How about uh, ice cream for supper tonight instead of broccoli? Amen. Yeah, now the kids are like, wait, I'm waking up. Ah, man, this is exciting. We love getting good news. The good news is almost good enough. And then we get to experience it. I mean, Genesis 3.15, good news given. Woohoo, that's, that's awesome. Isaiah, the good news is coming. 
Woo, that's awesome. In Luke chapter 2, the good news is here. And now we experience it for the rest of our lives. Luke chapter 2 is the best good news ever. Listen to this in Luke chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. The best good news ever given. So the, the shepherds are in the field, they're doing the job. Suddenly, God's angel stood among them and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. Of course they would be. And the angel said, don't be afraid. For I have come to bring you good news. The most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it's for everyone, everywhere. Today, in Bethlehem, a rescuer. A savior. He was born for you. He is the Lord. He's the king, I tell you. He's the Messiah. It's amazing, isn't it? That God leaves heaven to be born as a baby like us. No palace, no fanfare, no build up to the big day, no reveal happening, right? It was, it was just this, this humble moment in, in a in the life of just some regular people in a very uh, broke-down setting. Nothing impressive to anyone except uh, Mary and Joseph knowing what she was carrying in her womb. Just this manger, this feeding trough for animals in a stable full of animals. So humbling that God let Mary and Joseph be turned away from even having a bed to, to, to have a baby in, in, in a town they didn't belong in. God, didn't belong in. God, God, let that be such a humbling moment. And then the night sky booms with the greatest concert, the greatest light show in the history of the world. Angels singing. And man, could they sing, right? I mean, they probably made Christopher sound like me, right? <laughs> it, was a, it was at this manger. I mean, we have, a, we have a nativity scene right here. And he's laying there. And can you imagine what it was like when, it, when he first came? Because it was just Joseph, Mary, and whatever animals. Like. And it was at this manger in a stable that heaven came to earth. <laughs> heaven showed up on earth in a dingy little situation Jesus the king who created us became a part of his creation like who does that Martin who does that right Martin and I love talking about all the things that God does for us and go who does that God God does that born less than anyone in here born in a, in a humbling setting. Yet he's the most famous person ever. He's the most talked about person ever. He's the biggest name that's ever been uttered by any human on the planet. His book is the most popular book that's ever been read, ever been written, ever been bought, and ever been given away. And the best news the world has ever known is what Jesus' arrival brought us. Let him be Emmanuel, God with us, and meet you wherever you are. Let him meet you wherever you are. And I'm not talking about like, like in the seat you're sitting in. 
I'm talking about in what you're walking through. What you're going through in your heart, what you're going through in your mind, what you're going through relationally, what you're going through physically, what you're going through uh, in, in, in dealing with the society around you. Let him meet you where you are. You matter most to him. And even, even the kids in here, you're walking through stuff that my generation never walked through. Like, I don't care if you're or six or, or 12 or 16. You're walking through stuff that, that none of us ever had to walk through. Jesus wants to meet you where you are. I found Jesus when I was six years old. I looked at this book. It freaked me out. I thought maybe it was the devil. And I was like, I don't want the devil to have me. I remember running to my mom. I want to know Jesus. Six years old, I asked Jesus to be in my life. He'll meet you where you are, when you are. Let him. That's why he came. That's why he's called Emmanuel. In whatever way you need him. In whatever you're going through. God is here. He's he's fully with you. That's what Colossians tells us in Colossians 2. We read about this God who is fully with us. It's a beautiful passage of Scripture. It's the main one we're looking at today, the, the fullness of God in our lives and for our lives. Colossians chapter 2 says this, If Jesus is your Savior and you follow Him as Lord, you must continue to live that out. You have to grow deep. In him. Build your life on him alone. And then you'll be strong. That's where your strength comes. And then you'll be thankful. That's where a heart of gratitude comes. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. So you are now complete your relationship with him you're complete in Jesus as you stay focused on Jesus and centered in this gospel I mean no one could understand it completely at the time when he came right I mean it just even even angels singing to shepherds and and Mary giving birth and knowing that she had been a virgin and, and all these things and knowing that this is something unique no one could really understand the fullness of God in a baby right I mean, most of us in this room, I know we've all been babies. Uh, you know, most of us have had babies, whether it was a mom having a baby or a dad holding them on, you know, in the first few minutes of life. Can you imagine looking at the baby and going, you're the creator? <laughs> it just, it's, it'd be so hard to take in. Nobody could understand it completely at the time. But when Mary pushed Jesus out of her womb, God pushed his redemption plan into mankind in full motion. That Genesis 3.15 plan was set in motion at that moment. And the enemy freaked out. I mean, he's having a, a wicked king just murder babies, right? Just to try to get rid of him. But you're not going to stomp out the king, right? Even if he is a baby. God moved into our lives personally. In that story we read in Luke chapter 2, when the angels told the shepherds, and the fullness of God is right there with you and I. Always, always. Jesus, he connects us to the one who created us and, and to the place where we're called to live forever. That's heaven. He became one of us to save 
all of us, to buy us back. That's the redemption plan, to set us free, to make us whole, to heal us. We're given a fresh start for all time. God dwelling with us always. And it's never too late to be saved, never too late to reconnect, never too late to to give God that painful part of your heart, to, to ask God to come in. It's never too late for Him to rescue and save you from whatever you're walking through. Amen. Never. To step into a full and abundant life with Jesus. Christmas is the greatest news in the history of the world. It's the greatest news the world has ever known. That's what Christmas is. Easter is spectacular. And Christmas and Easter cannot be talked about apart from one another. They are together. They're locked in in step there. I mean, it's a 33-year gap between the two. But Christmas is boots on the ground, redemption plan in motion, God, one of us, right there with us. That's Christmas. Christmas is a rescue story. Yeah, we sing the songs and they're awesome. I mean, I encourage you to take your favorite hymns and look at them. Study them theologically and go, whoa, that's deep. My favorite Christmas hymn of all is the last one we sang, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. I mean, I, I can listen to it all year round. It just blows me away, the goodness of God for my life. And then out of that, I get to live an abundant life as a husband and as a dad. And I get to disciple my kids to make a bigger impact on this world than I could ever make. I get to leave a legacy like we talked about yesterday for those who were at Lance Moody's memorial service as we celebrated his life. He loved God, he loved people, but he left a legacy because of of God coming down here and being one of us, for all of us to be saved. We have purpose in life. That's what the gospel is all about. It's a story of Jesus. And I encourage you to dive into the gospel and read the story of Jesus and you'll see how much he loves you. Jesus says to you, I can replace your frustration with peace. No more guilt, no more shame, only forgiveness from me because my forgiveness is intact and it covers all. Jesus says, worry and anxiety are going to be canceled and there's going to be hope found in me alone. Depression crushed because of the thrill of hope that Christmas brings us. That's what relationship does. That's why he's Emmanuel, God with us, and the, and the fullness of God is the Christmas miracle. So I, a question to ask us is, I, am I fully embracing Emmanuel? Am I fully embracing him as this God that's with me and wants to minister to me, wants to heal me, give me fullness of life, give me an abundant life, give me an overcoming life? Am I, am I living in that or am I living religiously? Am I just kicking the tires of Christianity or am I getting in and and riding in that car that he actually gave me? I mean, imagine if God gave you a car and you said, man, I I don't want to mess it up. I just want to kick the tires every once in a while and keep it purdy. And he says, no, here's the keys. You get in and you drive it. You drive it. Don't kick the tires of a life with Jesus when he's saying, let's go and live on purpose and have a full and abundant life. 
There's a big difference between kicking my wife's tire. I won't use my minivan because that's a different story. My wife's truck, kicking her tires. It's like, that's a cool looking truck. Getting in and punching the gas. When I turn left on 281, I need to get up to 60 or 70 real fast. Whew, that's a lot more fun. It's a lot more fun to live life with and in Jesus than looking at him from a distance. And that is the Christmas story. Emmanuel, God with you. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. and In a moment, we're going to go in this last song as we, as we praise him one more time. But I want to ask you this. When you have a close friend, your spouse, that person is right there with you, right? Your closest friend, your favorite person is right there with you. So, so how do you relate to that person? Do you have that favorite person in your life and, and they're right there with you and you're like, I'll talk to you sometime. No, you, you get close and you want them in your life because that's your favorite person. They make you laugh. They make you come alive. They put their arm around you when you need help. They speak wisdom into your life. They, they, they have something that, that they want you to give away to them. I mean, it's this, it's this relationship. There's no way you can have a favorite person and not have a relationship with them. That's not a relationship and that person is not your favorite. Jesus wants you to dive close into him, to lean close into him, to hear him speak to you, to encourage you, to challenge you, sometimes convict you, speak life over you, tell you it's going to be okay as long as you stay close to me. Are you taking advantage of God with you? Or are you kicking the tires? Christmas is about him being in your life and you being about his life. That's the life that gives us abundance, that gives us hope and peace and joy. That's why we can look at this world 2020, this world we live in that we're not quite sure which way it's going to go. And we can go, you know what? I hope it goes this way, but I got peace. Because I got a peace that passes understanding. You know what? They're not very happy out there, but I got joy. And you're not going to water down my joy. You know what? They want to like kill each other and feed on each other. I, I got life. And life more abundant. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came, Jesus said, that you might have life and have it to the full. Woo! That's Christmas. Life to the full. That's the God we serve and we worship. That's why Jake Gary can go, I'm going to South Carolina during, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a you know, depression or whatever we're happening in our world, a pandemic, a lockdown, uh, everybody running for the hills. I can go to South Carolina and be like totally good because God called me there because my life is found in him and not in circumstances. And God wants us to turn our eyes upon Jesus. Man, just take full of his just look full in his face and just go, you know what? Let's let these things grow strangely dim around me because, because I've got your glory and I've got your grace. God, we worship you this Christmas Sunday because you're worthy. And we thank you. We thank you for being a God who is with us. You're willing to hear us scream and throw fits and cry out to you and go, I'll help you. I'll bust into those Ritz crackers for you. You come just in the nick of time when we needed you most. You humbled yourself to the point of becoming a human being 
to die for human beings, to save human beings. And we're so grateful. And so this Christmas season, we'll be humbled at your gift to us and joyful of the gift of life for us. And I pray that anybody in here struggling with anything at all would cry out to you right now and say, God, I need, and then they just fill in the blanks. They would just cry out to you in this song or in their minds, in their hearts, come up to the altar during this song. They cry out for help. In whatever way they need to cry out, they cry out to you and say, God, I need you here. And they would know that you hear them. Because you came from heaven for us, so why wouldn't you listen to us when we cry out to you, Abba, Father? The Spirit of God in us allows us to call you Dad. So, Dad, we thank you and we worship you right now in spirit and in truth. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full-service replays, visit our media page on hcfburnit.org and follow us on social media. God bless and have a great week.